0: Hello, everybody. I'm John B. with gangrenenation.com, and this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the show. It's available on iTunes and audioboom.com, and if you like what you hear, give it good ratings. Joining me today, once again, is our friend Nick. Uh, he writes under the, under the name SportsFan86 at gangrenenation.com. Nick, how are you?
1: Um, You know, 24 hours does... A world of good when you talk about Jets football. You go from, you know, wanting to rage quit the team and talking about how bad they are to, you know, I, I think I'm in stage three of just, you know, grief. Like I'm in just grief and sort of acceptance area. I mean, that's pretty much sums it up.
0: Yeah, it's been quite a year. So, where do you want to start when we talk about? The Monday Night Football loss to the Arizona Cardinals. The Jets lose twenty-eight-three. Drops the team to one and five. I don't even know where you begin. The offense, the defense. I mean, there's, there's no, there are not a lot of areas on this team that are performing well right now.
1: And, you know, I I, I posed the question. You know, is it the offense causing the defense the problems? Is it the defense causing the offense problems? Or you know is it macro level is it the coaches are really bad and the players are pretty are good or is the good the players are good and the coaches are bad and it's kind of is interesting because you look at it and you go well the defensive line gets no push the secondary is just terrible but at the same point you have Sheldon Richardson playing inside linebacker that that's not a wise coaching move at all you know, it's one of those, oh, he's trying to get cute. And what is what ends up happening? 50-yard touchdown. So you, you we, could basically point to anything and go, that's bad. And it's just a question of what is the – why is it that bad? You know, and I don't have answers for
0: that. Let me give you one that's better than Sheldon Richardson, an inside linebacker, because I know John Gruden caught this one. Here, Here's one he did not catch was – there's a play in the fourth quarter where he was lined up as a slot corner across from Larry Fitzgerald. And then he blitzes out of the slot, cor- out of the slot corner. Uh, why? You got anything for that one? Um,
1: just wow. Uh, you've got to be kidding me.
0: Um, Essentially what you've done is you've just made it. You've made it. You've turn Sheldon Richardson's path to the quarterback into something really long.
1: Yeah, and you look at it and you go, I know what the point is. You're trying to get him different looks. But the guy, look, we all like Sheldon Richardson's athleticism, but this is, give me a break. Put him in a position to win. You know, put him in a position where he's going to win. Don't put him in a position where, well, you know, we're trying to move him around. Stop it. You know, this defense is ranked, what, 28th, 29th? Just how about you put your guns out in the right position, just let them go. You know, enough of being cute. You know, Bowles said, well, we went back to what we are. He actually started to get pressure on the quarterback. And it was like, oh, what a shock. But then Buster Screen decides, hey, uh, I'm going to continue with the fine Jets tradition of just blowing every coverage I can. So that's my opinion.
0: Yeah, and you you talk about the pressure uh, packages. I thought can't remember who said it. Somebody made a great point to, that I heard, and they said, "You know what? Either way, you're gonna have you're gonna have breakdowns at the back of those defense. So you might as well send as many pass rushers as you can at the quarterback."
1: Yeah, I I, I concur with that. I, I mean, the first running play. Can we just be honest here? That was a, a complete and utter well, number one. Hats off to Arizona. Absolutely. Gruden nailed it. He goes, they noticed Sheldon Richardson, at inside linebacker. They knew he was coming dead ahead. And you know what they did? They ran right outside of the hole. The outside, if you watch the film, which I did and wanted to burn it immediately, I immediately went, oh, that's going to be, that has big play all over it. And you know, and you talk about, you know, okay, the tackling, there was no one even near him. You know, and you look at Gilchrist, I can't even fault him for taking a poor route, but, I mean, you just look at it, and that's a microcosm of the season. The Jets try and do something to cause a spark, and it ends up backfiring, and 7 nothing the other way. And then, you know, you want to talk about the offense? Go ahead. There's not much of it.
0: Yeah, well, I think that this this was a new twist on an old favorite. I'll just saw the long David Johnson touchdown run where the Jets have a breakdown, but for once it's against the run, not the pass.
1: I And it was funny because somebody said, well, except for the big play, I'm like, uh-uh, you don't realize something. You can go except for the big play if it's week 14 and your team has given, you know, it, been good on defense. But when it's week, what, six, and your team has given up seven or eight plays of 50-plus yards, That's a trend that you just go. Oh, it wasn't for the big play? No, this this team averages here. Here's a gift touchdown once a week. It's embarrassing.
0: This team is giving up over 27 points a game. There are four teams in the league averaging 27 points a game on offense. So to win games with this defense, you you need to have like one of the four best offenses in the league.
1: And I think you and I have come around on a point that the offense just has to go in a new direction, you know. And I, under, I okay, I'm going to say this, and I know I'm going to get crucified. I understand why they're reluctant to go to Geno. They obviously don't see anything different and think Fitz will be better. And that scares me in a sense because Fitz is ob- so It just, look, he doesn't have it this year. And I know what they're thinking is maybe he gets it, but at some point I think you make the switch to Gino and just go, you know what? Let's see what he has. And maybe you give him two, three weeks. And if he's, you know, four picks a game or he's making plays like he did last week, I mean, then it's just, you know, OK, we're starting over. Let's get Petty Hackenberg reps and we we'll figure out, you know, if we have anything there or whether we're drafting third straight quarterback or going to scrap heap again.
0: You know, I'm kind of a quarterback. I'm kind of where I was at this time of year, two years ago, where. And Gino was actually starting, so the, it was kind of flipped, where you know Gino, Gino was the starter, Michael Vick was the backup, and Gino was just so bad then that I said, you know what? I know Vick's going to go in and not be. A whole, if he's better, it's not going to be by a whole lot, but you just need to try something different because this is just, this is just so bad what you're getting, and I'm that's where I am again. I mean, I know Gino is not going to be, not if Gino's an improvement, it's probably not going to be my by, by much, but. You just can't keep the status quo. You have to try something new.
1: And, you know, it's funny because I watched, you know, I watched the game tape. I, I actually sat down at work during a break and decided to torture myself even worse and watch the game tape. And, and, you know, you look at Fitzpatrick and I was looking at some of the reads he was making and you could just see, okay, the person's not open and he's checking, the, uh, checking off them. Of. And, you know, he sees Marshall, Marshall's his security blanket. Then Gino gets in, and he made some good reads. I mean, but there was nothing there that screamed, wow, he's going to be head and shoulders. And here comes another, I'm going to get critiqued for this, but that interception's 100% on Gino. It was And
0: the fumble, you know, too.
1: I know fourth down, That that's on him. The defender read it perfectly on him. I don't want to hear, oh, the receiver comes back for the ball.
0: No, the the fumble too. I thought he had room to step up in the pocket, and I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna read too much into this. I mean, it says one series in mop up duty, but uh, I mean the the other, in one series he had a fumble and an interception. So I mean, about fumble not saying...
1: was the fumble was more forgivable because I watched it and he had no time. I mean, you know, back he had to, room zero, to step
0: up though. Is... He had room to step. I thought he had room to step up in the pocket though.
1: I just thought it was so quick in his face. I thought the the right tackle missed the block so bad that that was, that was no matter what court. He could have stepped up, but at the same time, I mean, with the fact is he's not getting reps. I mean,
0: it's understandable. No, I'm not, I'm not killing him for it. I just, yeah, you know, I thought that, that that was on. In my opinion, that was yeah. on You can disagree. Oh, I know what
1: you're talking But We're in yeah. the same shade of gray where it's like, you know, he could have done better, but we're not going to kill him for it. It's not, you know...
0: Look, he comes, like, he, comes, he comes out and leads a touchdown drive against a pre-med defense. I'm not going to think, oh, everything's fixed. I mean, he goes out and, you know, has an okay series, you know, makes some mistakes, some good throws, makes some mistakes, and mop-up duty. I, I don't – it doesn't really move the needle for me. I mean, I, I did, I did think know, he made it, a few good throws, but, you know, I just – I don't really know how much I can read into one I, – I can evaluate a few plays, but how much does it really mean? I don't know.
1: Honestly, I don't think it means – Jack, you know we got excited with Petty because you looked at him and you saw year over year improvement. With four plays, you don't really see year over year improvement. And, and realistically, when Gino was in in the preseason, and you know it's preseason, you're saying, well, this that, but I didn't see year over year improvement. And I saw the same guy as year one that just zero awareness um, and, and everything else. And I, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but you know, I'm not excited for to see Gino out there. I know plenty of people are and hey, you know what, if that's hey, if you're excited, go for it. But I'm fully expecting this Gino experiment to last a few weeks and them to look at it and go, I don't see it. I just don't think that
0: he's gonna be that good. I guess the problem then is I mean, do you go to Petty or I mean I think right now Petty You're probably looking at him as maybe a backup next year. I I, I don't know that he's really ready to start games either. And I guess we get to the point, I guess it just shows you the type of season you're at where you're talking about going to your second, third, maybe fourth quarterback.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's frustrating. But at the same point, I think we all, there was a distinct possibility that the Jets were going to be bad this year. I don't think we, I don't think there was many that thought this team could be two and fourteen, uh, two and yeah, two and fourteen bad. But now you start looking at it and you go, this team's really bad. They're poorly coached. There's numerous errors. You know, Todd Bowles did the classic uh, head coach move. I have full faith in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then oh, the day man. after goes, the day after goes, well, Geno Smith may start. Well, you know what that is? That is literally. Well, I don't know. Let me go figure it out. Let me go think. And, you know, just, hey, look, it's all right. Fitzpatrick stinks. Everybody can see that. You know, you don't want to go to Geno. I'm not sure there's many fans that, you know, are going to go crazy that Geno Smith is starting. I think he's the revelation. But you got to do something, Bowles. And, I mean, that's, you know, he talks about a spark. That's the one that's pretty much the easiest to do.
0: And the thing that he, it always drove me nuts when Rex Ryan would do would do this is you don't need to cover for the quarterback. I mean, people have eyes; you can see when the guy's not playing well. You don't you don't need to throw him under the bus, but you can say, "Well, look, a lot of guys need to play better." You know, Ryan's one of them. You know, we got a lot of guys. The whole team needs to play better because it's true. Though, I mean, there's there really were not many positive performances you could take from this game for the Jets.
1: No, and the funny part is. You know, we all oh, Will Fitz gets a free back. That was a absolute atrocious job by Bowles in that uh, press conference of absolving of Ryan Fitzpatrick of any sins. That is where you talk about accountability. And you go, well, what could, what's the deal with Fitzpatrick? Oh, the protection? Give me a break! Come on. There were several times that he had time there and still made poor decisions. Or he'd get himself out of it, and rather than set and throw, would just panic. Like, that's a quarterback who's playing, not and not necessarily scared is the right word, but just not, not in it, not in the zone. You, you, he's pressing is the word I'm looking for. And, and I think that was the biggest takeaway from that game was, you know, he has no confidence right now.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah that's something I thought too is you get to a point with a certain player where you're not doing the player any favors by continuing to run him out there. Yeah, you know, I, I think we're at that point with Fitzpatrick where the the reads are so bad, he's missing guys left and right. I mean, what? How is this helping him? How's this helping him to be out there? It's not. It's certainly not helping the team. The team needs something to change, but it's not helping the player either.
1: Yeah, and you know it's funny because I look at this team and I go, you know, I'll put you on a spot. Is it coaching or players? Do you think with this team? And I don't want to hear the easy answer of both, you know, is it roster construction or is this coaching? Do you think is the majority wrong right now?
0: Uh, You know, this team, I don't think this team is one in five bad when you, when you look at the talent on the team. And I, I, been on record i said going into the year that i thought a lot of people were overrating the talent when they said the jets had one of the most talented rosters in the league at the same time this team is not that bad and i do think that i don't think this is going to be a 2 and 14 4 and 12 type year i think this when the schedule softens up they are going to beat some opponents i think they are better than certain opponents but it's not just that the team's losing games it's the team's getting wiped off the face of the earth they're not even they haven't they haven't played competitive football in a month so to me when you The failures are this systematic. I think you got to look at the coaching. And obviously, the players are obviously it's both. But if you're asking me for one or the other, I would put this more on the coaching.
1: I'd have to 100% agree. It's funny because you talk about uh, McCannigan and you look at a Gilchrist. Okay. Gilchrist is bad. But then you look at, well, why are we not? It took to what, week six for them to go back to where we want to play with speed. Look, it took you four weeks of or three weeks of incredibly bad football to go back to what you wanted to. It should have, You know, if something doesn't work, you go back to the well. You know, and you look at the offense. Zero touchdowns in, what, the last two, three second halves? I mean, at some point, you have to look at it and go, something ain't working. Let's figure something different out. And then when you look at it, you go, Well, what are the obvious moves? Well, it's this or that. You know, right now, the only player that's actually been sad that I could remember is Buster Screen. And, I mean, yeah, he had a terrible game, but you sit there and you go, well, what about the terrible game that Pryor had or the terrible game that uh, Gilchrist had or Fitzpatrick? And you look and you go, that's selective accountability, and that's worse than no accountability because that's literally playing favorites. And, you know, you start playing that game, and. There's going to be players that start tuning these coaches out, and that's where you get into a situation where there's no recovering from that.
0: Well, I, I mean, I do think it's kind of tough because you can't really bench everybody, and I, I do think you know it is more of an art than a science. You, you know, I don't think you can bench everybody if they have a bad game or a bad play. So I do think there's kind of a balancing act. Let me give you another one, though. Um, this is one that I, it really leaves me scratching my head. Is Bilal Powell, I think, is averaging. Two and a half yards more per carry than Matt Forte, all right? Powell gets more playing time than Forte, yet Forte sees the bulk of the carries. Uh, it's just really head-scratching the way the way these backs are being deployed. Powell is on the field more, but even though he's been a more productive runner, he's not getting the ball.
1: And it's funny because Forte to me is – I watch him, and I just see him, you know, trying to dance around, make things happen, where Powell just hits the hole hard. And with this offensive line, you know, any type of a hole, the second you see it, it's going to close up. And that's why I like Powell, because at least he'll get you three, four yards downfield before he gets hit. Well, Forte, it seems like every other run, he's getting hit right at the line. And it's, you know, okay, there's the hole outside. You know, jab, step, move, and tackle for a loss. He's not breaking tackles. You know, I've said it for weeks that if it wasn't for the Fitzpatrick Geno battle, that we'd be talking about probably running back is, you know, the position where they're misusing their guys. I mean, that's to me, it's just night and day difference, and you have to start getting power the ball more.
0: I mean, I, the guy's
1: the guy's electric.
0: I thought that the whole point of bringing Forte in was he was going to be a big part of the passing game, and that's really, you know, you see older backs and even a lot of the guys who decline as runners stay productive as pass catchers. So that's kind of the role I saw him in. And they're using Powell more in the receiving game. It seems like they, to me, they, they're they using these two guys. They're using Powell in the role they should use Forte, and Forte in the role they should use Powell.
1: You know, when the Jets grabbed Ladainian and Tomlinson, they put him into that role immediately of, hey, we're going to have you as that, you know, pass catching, third down back and you know he he had a productive couple years with the jets you know obviously it kind of fell off towards the end but in the grand scheme of things that deal really you know kind of paved the way but then you look at the way they're doing the backs this year and you're going what was the point of the forte deal he's not a 1a back anymore you know at best he's a a 1b and at worst he's like you know he should be a third down back and you just look at this team and you go. There's another coaching decision that makes you scratch your head and go. Are, are they watching the same things we're watching? Or are they looking at what we're looking at? Or are they, you know, just trying to do everything?
0: And the the deals that Forte and Powell got are kind of similar. So it's not like you know Forte is making so much money that you feel obligated to give him the ball so much more than Powell. I mean, the whole the whole point the whole point I thought was. I mean, part of it, part of the calculus, I thought, was that Powell was going to be carrying a lot of the load because you gave him, a deal close to closely about you gave Forte. It's just there seems to be some sort of disconnect here with the way this team is run, and that's one example.
1: Yeah, and it bring it, it, I, I not to get too far ahead because obviously this team finishes seven and nine bowls. will come back for another year, but I, I mean this team finishes three and thirteen. If you're McCannigan, you either have to take a long look at the roster, which you're going to do anyway, but number two, you also have to take a look at Bowles and the way this team has run this year. And I don't think there's a single person out there right now that says Bowles is doing a good job. And the question is, if you give him a roster, would he do a good job? And I'm not sure he would. And I'm at the point where it's like if he's gone at the end of the year, I'm not going to be upset about it, but if he stays here, he's got to be put on a short leash for year three. I mean, this is some atrocious football we're watching.
0: Well, actually, I'm not sure it's McAdams' call because I think it's—I don't think uh, the structure anymore is one where the coach reports to the GM. I think it's Woody Johnson's call. I think these guys both report to Woody Johnson, and I think the issue with that with this is, I, and I think Bowles. At this point, if this continues, he's doing a job that you could—he's—he might be doing the type of caliber of job that he deserves to be fired. But I look at this big picture with Woody Johnson. And I just don't see how you make a change, another change after two years. You know, twenty thirteen, you go, you go get Jed Hughes, the recruiter. You talk about this plan you have. John Idzik sold you. Idzik, then you know the first time you hit turbulence, Idzik goes, "Okay, I mean, I can, I can. You made a mistake. Fine." Then you bring in uh, Charlie Casserly and Ron Wolf and then you have another bad year. And then two years later, you're you're not sticking with the plan again. And, you know, I did some thinking today about Woody Johnson's tenure owning this team and whenever the going has gotten tough, Woody's made the change. Whenever, you know, really what the first, the first sign of things getting toxic with somebody running the team, the Jets have made a change. Uh, 2005, the Jets had a terrible year. Fans were really angry at Herm Edwards and Terry Bradway. Edwards was traded to Kansas City. Bradway was reassigned, eventually reassigned to, I guess, being the director of pounding the table for Russell Wilson. Um, you know, Eric Mang- Eric Mangini comes in. 2008, the far of year, the team collapses near the end. Fans are upset. Mangini goes. You know, Rex Ryan, Mike Tannenbaum, 2012. Rex was still a pretty popular guy in the fan base. I think the fan base, at best, at worst, was split. They all wanted Tannenbaum out, so he comes back with the arrangement, which proved to be a disaster. Where Rex stays, Tannenbaum goes. Bringing a new GM, 2014, Idzik is toxic. He goes. I mean, at some point, you have to stick with a plan. You know, if and that would be my question uh, to Woody I, Johnson: If you make a change, well, you you know you you told me you had this great plan in, in 2013 with Idzik. Two years later, oh, I made a mistake. Okay, well now I can now know, I brought in I brought in Ron Wolf and Charlie Casserly. We got a good plan now. Two years later, oh, I made him. What? Why would I have faith you, that you're going to make the right decision this time if you keep screwing up so badly that you have to make a change after two years every time?
1: You know, you, you're absolutely right, but you also forget something. You know, the Herm Edwards thing. He basically was talked about all throughout the preseason, going to Kansas City, going to Kansas City he he, more or less, if I recall correctly, forced that trade. The Jets were like, okay, we'll have you back. And he goes, nah, I want to go to Kansas City. And at the time, the Jets stunk. Mangini, the locker room, you know, you had the Faviers, years, you had, you know, all that. Ryan, by the time he was out, I mean, they were done with him. He got four years, I mean, what did he get, five years, Six. including three in a row that were just not good. Um, You know, I don't. I look at it and go, yeah, he's pulled the trigger, but you look at the coaches afterwards that he's fired. Mangini has done nothing in the league other than be a a decent coordinator at times. You know, Herm Edwards was a uh, a dud in Kansas City. You know, Ryan, you know, Ryan you have to look at and say he wore out his welcome in New York and, you know, we'll figure out what happens with Buffalo, but to me – I look at Todd Bowles and I just go, I, I know what you're saying is well we've to stick to the plan. We have to stick to plan. Well, maybe you look at a guy like your GM and go, Well what do you think? What do you see? And if he goes, Look, I'll be honest with you, it's the coach then I think you have to look at it and go, Okay, you know what? We'll give it we'll give the mechanic error two years or three years more. So we'll get a total of five years. And at that point, that's pretty fair for a GM and you, you give them the choice of a coach. And obviously, this is all speculation, but, you know, I, I look at and go, hey, if you made an error, you can't be afraid of going, I made a terrible mistake, let me back out now. Because, you know, you put another year with Todd Bowles, I, I mean, you're going to drive away this fan base that hasn't seen playoffs in six years. I know we're Jet fans, we're not used to playoffs, but, you know, six years is a long time to not see – you know, any type of meaningful, you know, atmosphere in a game.
0: Yeah. Well, my thing is though, if you go to McCagnon, of course he's going to say it's bulls because it's, it's not balls, it's him. So what else, what else is he going to say? And I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I understand that these guys haven't worked out and these guys haven't gone any elsewhere and done anything, but I just, at some point you have to stick with, you have to with, have yep. some conviction and stick with the plan because you keep making these changes every two years. You're never going to go anywhere. You know there was a reason you brought in Wolf and Casserly, and now you're just abandoning the plan two years in. The first time you hit turbulence, I, I, I mean, at some point this owner needs to stand up and say, you know what, I'm not listening to the fans. I think that this is the right decision for this football team, and he has not done that to this point. And you know this team's never been to, to good. Be to be fair, be though, the
1: decisions he made when he quit out of it have been the right decisions. You know. Yeah, you but how, at, why, why know,
0: should I have faith that he's going to make? Well, yeah, but he's also hired the next guy who's gotten fired. So <laughs> that's the counterpoint.
1: So you you <laughs> and I absolutely agree. My point is, hey, if it's a bad plan, you get out. And your point is, well, you know, if it's a bad plan, why is he making decisions anyway? And I, and to that, it's like it's the old battle. Okay. You're absolutely right. You know, and the question is then at this point, you're you're right. Do you give Todd Bowles next year? I, I think that barring a 2-12 year, he's probably back. But at the same point, uh, I would not be shocked if, you know, we go, we only win one or two games if they look and they go, yeah, you know, we made a mistake with him, especially what we're seeing out of the team so far. I think that's the bigger problem is, you look at the way the team is playing and, you know, you start wondering when the anonymous sources come out that start throwing him under the
0: bus. And that's the problem with this team is that there's always these internal battle. And I guess what I'm saying is for me, this is bigger than Todd Bowles or Mike McKagnon. It's just, it's always the same script with this team. It's always been the same script with this owner. And at some point I want the owner to actually, actually take ownership of something, you know, he always he always makes the easy decision at some point he's gonna have to say you know what I'm going with this and yeah you know what that means some that means it may blow up in your face and it may be that Bowles doesn't improve at all and may mean that the fans are actually angry at you for once instead of actually instead of just trying to make the quick the quick fix trying to you know change everything overnight um you know do doing doing the thing that the you know let the fans have what they want I guess for me that that's the issue here is that I'm starting to get worried about this owner, where he's just kind of—he seems kind of aimless. And that's, you know, it's—it's it's not so much about bowls because, you know, I—I I can't defend the job the guy's doing. And frankly, I think he's done a bad enough job that he does deserve to be—you know—you can make an argument he does deserve to be fired. I guess my issue is just more with—I'm concerned about the ownership. I'm not convinced that the he, Jets are the going cold to bring shirt. in the right guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, and I—I I, I can totally concur with that. And that's the one – you know, when you mentioned it a few weeks ago when we were talking after a game, I went, yeah, I could see that. You make a good point. The problem is there is a certain point where culture be damned. You know, I, I know it looks bad, but you, you have to real. – there is a point where you look at a person and you just go, you don't have it. You know, i make. making – I need the best – you could also look at it this way. I, I did everything I could. I hired the guys I thought would understand it. We had a full committee. We made a choice. I felt confident in the choice. It wasn't a fly-by-night where, you know, uh, uh, who was the coach? Uh, Mike Mariotti in Detroit years ago where they actually got fined and lost the draft pick because they hired him, and he ended up bombing out. And, And I looked at that, and I went, that's, you know, they decided right away. They didn't hold the choice. This team did the committee. They did everything. They they may have made a bad decision, but at least they did it in a good process, you know. And that's the question: is you know at this point is keeping bowls a good process? And that's debatable.
0: All right. Well, thanks. Thanks again for hopping on, Nick. Great discussion. Um, anything else you got to say?
1: Ah, oh, please, Jets. Just you know, just. I, I don't ask for much. I ask for decent football and not to be not to look at my jet stuff and just shake my head and go, I- I'm embarrassed to wear you. Because right now I'm embarrassed to wear my jet stuff. And I just look and I go, okay, maybe next week. And that's the way I kind of approach this year. Maybe this week.
0: And that's the final word today. Uh, thanks again to Nick for joining us. Uh, this has been the Locked On Jets podcast. It's available on iTunes and audioboom.com. Please subscribe and give it good ratings. Until next time, I'm John B. from Gang Green Nation. Have a great day, everybody.